0: Hey, everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you, though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, I'm Matt Harmon, and welcome to the Yahoo fantasy football forecast presented by Planter, satisfying your snack cravings for over 100 years. Dalton Deldon joining me as always on the midweek show here. Dalton, do you know what satisfied me today? What 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 was that, Harmon? <laughs> actually, you know what? I feel like the almost collective dunking on Carson Wentz uh, from my from my timeline, both last night and then into today, was actually kind of refreshing um, in juxtaposition and satisfying in juxtaposition to the uh monday night football broadcast which was like i don't know if you watched the game last night or how much you you paid attention closely to it um but i mean i don't know if you heard but those guys like lewis riddick brian greasy they were just i mean what a coddling uh mess that was they were doing with carson wentz like every excuse in the book late in the fourth quarter every like well, it's not, you know, what what are you gonna do? It's not really Carson Wentz' fault, blah, blah blah. Like, my God, the guy's not playing well. Like, it's okay if we just if it's okay if we just say it. I think uh, collectively as a, a Twitterverse, we got this one right last night. You know, we don't we don't need to coddle every quarterback like there's some you know child uh, at sitting at the kids' table where we don't want to offend them too much. Like, if these guys can't get their confidence uh, shattered around a little bit. Probably shouldn't be playing professional quarterback. I think Carson Wentz is fine. We can call it like it is. Guy's playing uh, poorly.
1: Yeah, Greasy, I think, briefly uh, said maybe we need to work on his uh, trajectory throughout the week, and then he defended him with every defense in the book. Uh, yeah, it, it, Carson Wentz, the Triple Crown winner with the, uh, the sacks, fumbles, and and picks. And I believe he's uh, what, one of the five worst uh, declines in passer ratings. And the other yes. two involved like people over 40, you know, typically not in their yeah. primes. So and I get the amount of dead money that's being reported. It's supposedly they would take a hit uh, next year if they did move on. Seems like quite an obstacle. So yeah, this is a problem. And all those sacks, he's on pace to take, I think, close to the second most sacks that uh, David Carr Carr had, Uh, a wild number, high 60s or something. And uh, of course, the offensive line is a problem, but man, a lot of that is on him.
0: Yeah, right. Like, I, I firmly believe, like, I've come around on this, you know, over the last five or six years or whatever, that sacks are primarily a quarterback stat. And like, this is the thing that drives me nuts, too, is you can, in the same breath, say all of these things are true. The coaching has been horrible. I mean, there, there's wh- number one. There's way too many cooks in the kitchen. Like they've got all these different guys that they've brought in, and it seems like it's kind of messed with the flow of the offense. You know, they brought in like they brought back Marty Morningweg from the old Andy Reid tree. They brought in, uh, like, they have a passing game coordinator. They brought in Rich Skangarillo to like mess with the run game. Like, it, there's a lot going on there. Also, you can say that they've made some horrible, like. Personnel choices. You know, they for whatever reason they keep deploying like Alshon Jeffrey when he's not adding anything to the offense, taking away snaps from a guy in Travis Fulgham that you fell ass backwards into, basically, as a plus starter. And then, oh, by the way, like you can also say that the offensive line, all the injuries, it's problematic. It's not a good unit. And again, you can say all of that while also saying Carson Wentz has been a huge, massive individual problem. I don't understand why some people can't. It's like uh, both things can be true. All these things can be true at once, and it's all bad for Philadelphia.
1: It's all bad. Yeah, they took Rager, I believe, one pick before Justin Jefferson. Where is has yes. Fulgham gone? I was a believer in him. Miles Sanders is totally a disappointed fantasy manager. So, yeah, it's just a, a total disaster in Philly. Of course, they're right there in the uh, playoff race still. Of but course. But <laughs> you're right. All of that can be true. Absolutely. They, it could be both issues beyond Wentz and he himself playing very poorly as well. Do you have any like trust
0: factor with anyone um, in this Eagles offense or is it all just pretty much like
1: I'd rather I'd really prefer another option? Yeah man if Rager can't do it against the the Seahawks on pace to allow the most passing yards ever uh, tough to trust anyway maybe Goddard as long as Ertz remains out Goddard in in the tight end landscape now I mean he's an easy top 10 option Um, but other than that I mean Sanders obviously you're going to use but trust it's pretty much Goddard and then no one else.
0: Yep, I'm with you. Well, like I said, not satisfying ever to watch the Eagles. They're like Bears level of un- like hard to watch, which is tough, uh, tough, tough sledding there if you uh, if you if you watch the Eagles. But yeah, uh, not not satisfying to watch them, but definitely satisfying that we can uh, at least come to this collective conclusion that Carson Wentz has been part of the problem. All right, Dalton. We don't normally do this on the midweek show. We definitely don't normally do this in general, but we have to preview a game that we already previewed last time we talked last time, uh, on this podcast, we got together, uh, we talked about the Ravens Steelers, uh, uh, going to be played on Thanksgiving and gave a little mini preview of that. Well, of course, by now, you know, that that game did not happen on Thanksgiving. It did not happen. It's not going to happen tonight on Tuesday. It's going to happen Wednesday afternoon. Dalton. I know you're, you're a West coaster, uh, mm-hmm. like I am, we're going to be getting like, Noon football, which would be awesome on a Saturday, uh, you know, a day off, like where you can enjoy some brunch with it, but a little weird on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Has anything, you know, what, what, what do fantasy managers need to know going into this game? Is there any sort of thing that you've like, you've changed your outlook on this since last time we spoke?
1: It's such a weird situation going on. Like J.K. Dobbins and Ingram are now available to play this yes. game, yet it's going to be RG3 and nine straight days without practice against the league's best defense. So, I mm-hmm. mean, it's the setup is not great for Baltimore. Um, I have the the Steelers defense in a couple important leagues I'm really hoping this game does happen and I like the setup there but uh yeah just a weird situation obviously the league is going to great lengths to make sure it does happen so they haven't canceled the game and uh yeah I feel like we'll just be dumb if we make any predictions but certainly weird times man in a Wednesday afternoon what uh, the NFL having a game scheduled
0: yeah it's very strange um I, I think I said this on the Sunday show but like the Ravens COVID list basically looks like a starting roster at this point. Like the guys that are like, you've got almost enough for a full depth chart there. Um, the Ravens did get in a practice on Tuesday. So, okay, um, all right, <laughs> good, but good, like good for them. You know, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's a mess. I feel like this game is one of those things. And, and unfortunately this is just part of the deal with the 2020 season. Like there's going to be some games that are just like, you know, it happened. they got it out of the way the the NFL is clearly like very dedicated to its 17-week schedule and happening all at the same time they're willing to have um you know I don't really feel I don't know how you feel about this I don't feel that much sympathy towards um you know the Broncos like I mean I feel bad for the team in general but like you know when the head coach comes out and says like we expect our quarterbacks to not let us down like that's this is part of the equation i don't feel so bad for um like broncos fans or the team like whatever like that was that's part of the deal like if, if you don't follow the protocols all the way like this is what happens to you i do feel i do feel like with this game particularly it's just going to be a mess and like the nfl sort of accepted the reality that this game will probably be a mess and like we'll just move forward from it it's a shame that it happens in a game where there's so many fantasy relevant players but it just sort of is what it is
1: it's just not a fair season. I mean, my 49ers, I mean, dealing with historical oh, yeah. injuries. Oh, then also have to play that crazy Thursday night game yeah. where a ton of their players would have been available if they just moved that to Sunday, by the way. Um, important yeah. guys. Um, and now they don't even get to play their home games the next two. So it's just, it's not a fair season at all. But Denver, you hit it there. I was going to say, man, I don't want to test the fate because it's such a crazy year. But I think we've seen the cr- as crazy as it gets as far as those situations with Denver. I mean, they completed one yeah forward pass in the entire game i mean wild more picks than uh than completions i can't i love it. it's like since ryan leaf it's like of course ryan leaf did that but um yeah no, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't get any more wild than that it was it looked fun on on, on theoretically you know and on paper you see a, a 17 point spread with an over under 36 and a half but boy in execution that was a brutal watch
0: yeah it was it was not fun to watch at all um i'm hoping that that's the craziest
1: yeah, the craziest right.
0: thing we see this year i i tend to tend to doubt it i tend to think there might be something crazier at some point uh um, right. and last two things i totally agree with you with the 49ers also it's great you know now they're like in the nfc Card like playoff mix basically like it's just crazy it's crazy to think how good they would have been had all of this stuff not happened to them like and that one win might it's not like you said it's not a fair season that if they had had a more competitive game, some of their guys available, like, and they had potentially won that game, like they upset the Packers. We're talking about a much different playoff picture for the 49ers, who are now, I guess, the Arizona 49ers. And last thing, yeah, I don't feel too bad for the Broncos. Uh, if Drew Lock had been available, sure, they might have lost 31-10 to instead of 31-3. to Give me a break. Don't feel bad at all. Okay. Let's move on to the regularly scheduled uh, things here, which in the unregularly scheduled version of 2020, we always talk about the things we love to see, the trends, the stats we love to see uh, on this midweek show. First one I'll bring up here, Dalton, Kirk Cousins I don't think is getting the, the respect he deserves as at least a fantasy quarterback, at least from a pure production basis. Like right now, You know, he has three touchdowns and over 300 yards in back-to-back games. On the balance of the season, he's been producing like a top-10 quarterback. His EPA per play is ninth in the NFL. Next-gen stats, completion percentage over expectation is second. Pro football focus is deep passing percentage, how often he throws it 20-plus yards down the field. He's third among guys who have started five-plus games. So it's not what we think of with Kirk Cousins, but, I mean, he has been playing well and keeping – at least three routinely every week start guys relevant in Cook, uh, Thielen, and Jefferson. It, I feel like that's gone a little undernoticed here.
1: Yeah, early in the year, I thought, oh, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be secretly a pretty decent fantasy season. Because I thought it was going to be volume, though, with their defense taking a big step back. Maybe Dalvin Cook would get hurt. That has not been the case whatsoever. It's just all been efficiency. That was the first time he even threw 40 passes in a game last week yeah. and without Thielen. <laughs> By the way, if you haven't seen it, Adam Thielen watching that game from home with his kids is pretty cool. Check that out. I thought it was um, cool, yeah. It was awesome. Uh, Cousins is getting it done, man. It's since the bye, First in passer rating, first in clean pocket passer rating. Um, the schedule opens up nice. I have him in some injuries in a really a pretty decent sized money league NFC, NFFC classic. That I'm suddenly in first place thanks to Derrick Henry. A season that it felt like it's been so disappointing fantasy wise. So go, Captain Kirk. I'm looking at the schedule now at home against Jacksonville at Tampa Bay has been getting lit up. Lately, by the pass, and they can't can't run against that team. So it's a good setup there, and then maybe in the fantasy championship in New Orleans. So I don't know. I mean, Cousins, uh, yeah. I mean, he's you'd like to see more volume, but the efficiency's so good. And if Thielen returns, he's he's been really really good.
0: Yeah, uh, some potential high scoring games there that you mentioned, and I think it's I think last week without Thielen and also like put in a position where he had to kind of come back and like. That's so. It's fun. If that game was on Monday Night Football, you know the Kirk Cousins Monday Night narrative, we'd all be talking about that game. But unfortunately, it's the typical Kirk Cousins like studly game. It's buried on the 10 a.m. Pacific slate. No one watched it against a a Panthers team that's not that good. So it was, yeah, it was an impressive like real life and fantasy performance from him. I think we could see more volume uh, going forward for Cousins, and if the efficiency remains. Around the same, or tax off just a little bit. I mean, he's QB eleven right now in the season. We could easily be talking about a, you know, top twelve quarterback, top ten quarterback season uh, from Kirk Cousins in fantasy, which I don't think anybody projected coming into the year.
1: Yeah, definitely not. While Jeremy Chin had uh, touchdowns on back-to-back defensive plays, uh, first time in NFL history. Um, that's perfect for a fantasy quarterback to have that happen. But Justin Jefferson, last I checked, leading the NFL in yards per route run. Pretty impressive for a rookie. So yeah, the set, as we said, the schedule. Um, hopefully Cook stays healthy, man. It looked like Cook was lost for the season getting helped off yeah. by both teammates and they have him return, but obviously he's a, a nice weapon as a receiver anyway. So, um, yeah, captain Kirk, uh, QB one, who would have saw it?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, a hundred percent, a, 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 a truly like it, this shows how good. Uh, Justin Jefferson as I think to to make this passing offense this good in his rookie year because I think he's a big part of why all these numbers are here. All right, let's talk about the guy on the board this week. For me, Austin Eckler. Um, He's a running back one and I actually think like I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think he could I think he could finish as the highest scoring like in a point on a points per game basis. From here on out until the end of the season, I think he could be, if he's healthy, the best running back in fantasy football, like from from a points per game basis, because it all lines up really well for Eckler. Like he played, there were no limitations in his first game back, 72% of the team snaps, almost 33% of the team's yards from scrimmage, uh, 40% of the red zone targets. He has double digit targets in both of his healthy starts with Justin Herbert. um, And... I mean, also the schedule, Dalton, like, in terms of the easiest pass, uh, in terms of the easiest schedule left, the Chargers have the third easiest pass defense efficiency of their opponents, and the sixth easiest when it comes to rushing defenses. Like, their schedule is is good, uh, their, pass, their passing offense is good, Eckler should only help their rushing offense become that much better, but we also know he's a huge part of of this passing game do you think it's crazy uh if he is the most if he's the most valuable and highest scoring fantasy back
1: the rest of the way not even a little bit crazy i'm all in uh when i started my rankings this week fantasy pros his expert consensus ranking was like rb 15 i'm like what is happening i immediately moved yeah, him who's, in. who's
0: drunk doing the rankings already yeah. on a tuesday <laughs>
1: I immediately moved him into top three. Um, I believe that was his career high in touches. His first game back, um, and and now he has a superstar at quarterback who's targeting him like crazy. And he's really, really good. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. PPR uh, top three easily, and I could absolutely see, yeah, for sure, he could be the number one fantasy uh, back down the stretch. Absolutely. Love his setup. Love the player. Sets up really nicely.
0: Yeah, I threw him in my early rankings. I threw him at fourth behind, only behind Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and Nick Chubb. And then you're looking at him right there with like, with James Robinson, another.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I went three (laughs) Eckler, four Chubb, and five Robinson. Yeah. So we're right there. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, we're
0: right in the same spot. And like I said, the schedule this week, it's the New England Patriots who have obviously completely fallen apart from a defensive perspective there. I think they're either still 31st or 32nd in DVOA. They have the Falcons in week 14, the Raiders in week 15, and the, the Denver Broncos in week 16. And we saw last week, if there's a weakness on that defense, it's definitely um, their rush defense. And obviously then in week 17, they get the Chiefs. Uh, that's still a plenty fine matchup. Like, the schedule's great. The volume is great. You mentioned it. He's attached to a literal superstar quarterback in Justin Herbert. I mean, this is everything that you want from a fantasy back. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the highest-scoring running back. wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I will be surprised if he's if he's outside the top three highest-scoring backs the rest of the way. I would be shocked. That's how good his outlook is. And damn it if we could have just gotten a full season from this guy. But let's talk about um, the other players in the offense, too. You know, He gets 16 targets in his first game back. That was the highest on the team. Um, Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry also with 10. Mike Williams way falls back to the pack. What do you think this does to um, the other players in this offense?
1: Yeah, I think it does hurt uh, Allen a little bit in the sense of I won't have him uh, obvious top three each week now. He'll just be, you know, somewhere between five and ten. I mean, his target share is going to take a bit of a hit, but it's hard to argue with the guy who scored in five straight games and he's still seeing a massive target share. So uh, a very slight hit because Eckler's just seen so many looks. But um, yeah, I'm just so excited with with Herbert in this. Can't wait until they see a coach, man. Um, I, I made a, a bet yeah. with a, with a pod with a bet this week. I had the uh, Chargers plus what was it five and a half? Um, and uh, the end sequence of that game was just truly hilarious. The back to back hail marys, and then the 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 call the run play without timeouts, uh, just a disaster. <laughs> Anthony Lynn, and then Herbert tried to sneak it in, and they were were, were, were doing pass protection, so no one ran blocked. It's just a nightmare, and uh, very frustrating for someone who had plus five and a half. Uh, but fitting for this season. Um, overall, that Chargers team has such a bright future. It's just going to take a new head coach.
0: Yes, it's definitely going to take um, – it's probably going to take a new head coach, new offensive philosophy. Uh, at least and, – and, like, this past week, they sort of went back to the early down runs. I mean, it makes sense when you have Eckler there. Like, I'm, I'm not totally – um going to freak out about that over the last three weeks. They're still rather high in like first and second down passing rates. So at least they're kind of wising up there. And I agree with you pretty much like this doesn't change my outlook about Keenan Allen much at all. Um, you know, he's still a guy like last week with Eckler back. He has 6.1 air yards per target. Um, he does still get one red zone. Look like, I-, I think that on, for the most part, this isn't a big change for Keenan Allen. I do think, you know, Hunter Henry remains in the same sort of range as, like, a tight end you're probably starting because, like, who else are you starting? I do think it's a it's kind of a bummer for a guy like Mike Williams who – him going from eight targets a week potentially to five targets, that's a big deal Uh, because you know you're kind of counting on touchdowns and big plays with Mike Williams, and uh, the odds of those go down when your overall, overall target share goes down. That's just kind of how the math works out.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're usually high-value targets deep down the field or in the end zone, but he's just a perfect, far better best ball player, Mike Williams, or just a tournament DFS play because of that. Yeah, the, the volume won't be there, so he'll be more hit or miss for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, the uh, <laughs> the Lions fired Matt Patricia. Um, do we care at all? Any substantial play calling changes here? Um, it's just so tough, man. Like, you look at that Lions offense right now. Daryl Bevel... Um, the play caller, uh, slash head coach now, uh, he's taken over for Patricia. You know, we, we got a great, we got a great change when Bill O'Brien went out the door with Deshaun Watson, right? We know that they started using play action more. They started, um, having Deshaun Watson scramble more. My problem here is just, man, you know, we, we don't really have, look, what can, what can the lions do? Cause their problem is their personnel stinks. Like, the, the Texans had good offensive players. Um, the Lions, unless they get Galladay and Swift healthy, right. Marvin Jones is just not it at this point in his career. The rest of their receivers are absolute dust. And Hawkinson's been just an all-right tight end starter. Um, I don't really see much reason for optimism unless Galladay and Swift suddenly are back at 100%.
1: Not that it's helped fantasy too much, but Atlanta has also done much better after they've made a coaching switch. So we could see a dead That's cat bounce here with the Lions. Uh, unfortunately, though, they, their first game's in Chicago against an upset defense. So not ideal. But you, you said it, though. It's this personnel. It would be kind of funny if DeAndre Swift and Gall- Galladay both come back and they're totally healthy. And then Patricia looks, it, it would make it easier for him to look uh, starkly bad immediately. But um, yeah, you're using Swift if he does return. And obviously Kenny G, but uh, yeah, Marvin Jones this definitely looks a little washed this season and Amendola banged up. Um, and Hawkinson, just like Hunter Henry's of the world in the tight end landscape, you're rolling with him. But um this first matchup in Chicago is the problem.
0: Yeah, first matchup in Chicago is not great. Um, then they get Green Bay, Tennessee, Tampa, Minnesota. There's some okay spots in there. I mean, but it's just I don't not enough for me to suddenly like completely change the outlook of these guys that we've seen um, on balance throughout the season. Hey, since you brought it up um <laughs> Chicago Detroit where are you ranking Mitch Trubisky this week man yeah Matt Nagy says he's probably gonna start again uh Trubisky was like QB6 last week he always carves up the Lions am I am I am I crazy
1: you're you're not crazy that's an interesting one because I th- and he runs too fantasy wise if, if he runs, looks yeah. better than Foles I mean, know that's damning with faint praise but I could see an yeah. easy another top 15 like, look at it. the quarterback options actually get kind of ugly this week after 15 so I Expect another uh, QB one week from from Mitch. Actually, is what I would say. I agree with you.
0: Yeah, I had I ended up putting him at fifteen, which I felt like was a you know a fair point. Like uh, after the Derek Carr, Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world. Fitzpatrick might not start, by the way, but um, if oh, he does, I'd on. probably play. I'd probably play him over Trubisky. But like I'm gonna put Trubisky over guys like Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan. You know, like those guys. I I feel like it's gross to say, but because Trubisky runs. Um, and I feel like he's a better fit in the offense right now from just like a chaotic standpoint, because they can't pass protect. They have to make plays off schedule. We know that, uh, Trubisky will make stupid plays off schedule and make mistakes, but he will also improv his way into, um, into some decent, uh, decent spots there that are good for fantasy points, but not good uh, for the bears winning. If there was ever a way to show you that quarterback scoring is, um, not indicative of real life performance. As I said, Mitchell Trubisky, sixth in the quarterback scoring last week. Number seven, Carson Wentz. So
1: yeah. And David the- Montgomery, man, making us make certainly make me I kept we like to give him a hard time on this podcast, but where'd that come from? Man.
0: Well, that's the Packers <laughs> for you, man. Uh let me tell you what, like, that was my big takeaway from that game, you know, whatever. Like Green Bay congrats. You you punked uh the the Chicago Bears. You dunked on them. Awesome. Everybody knew you were going to do that. But this Green Bay run defense is a problem. Like Packers fans deep on Twitter have been chirping about it all year. Um, but Mike Pettin just every year it seems like he just finds new ways to invite you to run on him. Uh, I included a clip uh, and a screenshot in my uh, care don't care recap column of Christian Kirksey just lining up like way outside the box to the point that like the Bears could just run right up the middle. Uh, and you you could you saw that plenty of times that game. You've seen it pretty much on balance throughout the course of the season. So like they, the the Packers get the Eagles this week. They get the Lions. They get the Panthers, and then they get the Titans. Like, they could get, and then the Bears again in Week 17. They could get absolutely run all over in all of those games. Like, Sanders, Swift, obviously a healthy McCaffrey, fingers crossed, by Week 15. And then Derrick Henry in Week 16. Um, Yeah, they the Packers' run defense is a huge problem.
1: Yeah, they better hope they don't meet the Niners in the playoffs again in Mostert. But, uh, yeah, know they have not corrected that <laughs> dating back to last year, no, for sure. Yeah, so you're, you're giving more credit for the, the ineptitude of the Packers' defense than you are any credit for Montgomery. It makes sense to me. He gets oh, another great uh, matchup, though, Lions, man. He has another soft matchup here. Let's see if he can do it again.
0: Yeah, a billion percent. I'm going to give uh, Those more... are the top
1: two. Right now, most fantasy points allowed to running backs. Uh, Lions one and Packers, two.
0: Yep, yeah, makes sense. Well, I talked about Derrick Henry in Week 16, uh my god if you have Derrick Henry and you make it to your fantasy championship of week 16 you got to be feel, feel pretty good about what you just heard but we always know that December is Derrick Henry season the end of the calendar um you know when we start to see him just absolutely take over we also start to see um some just absolutely you know wonky performances you know uh, to put it one way like remember Kenyon Drake last year uh, absolutely went bananas on the Cardinals do you have sort of um a random guy that might just go off, um, you know, might open up the offense, let someone go to work because we're in garbage time of the season. Things are not going well. I'll tell you what, like Wayne Gallman might be a good um, a good nomination for this year's Kenyon Drake, like a guy to just go wild at the end of the season and then it'd not be really indicative of anything going forward. Um, and it doesn't really count as much because obviously the Giants are still in playoff contention. I believe they're actually in first place right now in the NFC East. Daniel Jones is going to miss time might incentivize them more to just hand the ball off, try to establish the run, whatever. Um, But Gallman has been scoring a bunch of touchdowns uh, in reasonably good matchups. So I don't know. He's a guy that could crush
1: it at the end of the year. Yeah, all the touchdowns, man. You worry about Colt McCoy a little, but you're, you're definitely starting Gallman with confidence now. Not sure you love him in fantasy terms, but if you want to play this game, you got to go with Frank Gore here. Do you know that entering last week, he had more yards after contact than Jonathan Taylor and Alvin Kamara? I know it's not perfect wow. stat, but still, man, for someone that age, pretty incredible. And they keep giving him the volume with P. Ryan Hurt, so... Yeah, I mean, I guess he kind of fits this bill too. And can we appreciate Derrick Henry more? One of only what, four or five backs now to have uh, that uh, three games with 175 yards, three touchdowns. Just dominant. The second halves, these uh, every year, it's just like clockwork. And man, as I said, carrying my NFFC Classic team, so I really, really appreciate King Henry. Man, what a monster! Yeah,
0: absolutely. He's he's a stud. I still can't believe like. Three years ago, people were like, oh, he's just an average player. Give me a break. This guy's like a physical freak. It's unreal. A couple other nominations uh, from me. One, this is, I'll go less random and then more random with these wide receiver picks. One, how about your guys in San Francisco? Well, in Arizona, (laughs) (laughs) the, the Arizona 49ers. Like Debo Samuel comes out and piles up 136 yards after the catch. In case you didn't know, he finished with 133 yards. Uh, on the day, so that tells you what kind of role he was playing. Brandon Ayuk might come off the uh, COVID list too. We haven't really had a large sample of these guys um, playing together this year. Uh, when we have uh, in the games they played together, Samuel has 22 targets to 21 for Ayuk. But I feel like people might think that well, because Ayuk is like a, a great after catch receiver, they don't necessarily play this. They they'll they'll kind of cancel each other out, but. So far this year, when you look at just, like, the average depth of target, Samuel's at least up, I mean, excuse me, Ayuk's up there at, like, 10, you know, like a reasonable number for a wide receiver. He's been more of a downfield threat than I think people give him credit for. It's really been Samuel that's been almost a hybrid um, gadget running back type of guy. I feel like these two players could be underrated, like, funnel targets for the 49ers to end the year because there's not much else going on in that passing game.
1: Definitely not. Yes, agreed. agree. With no Kittle, um, those two guys are going to be – very involved. It won't just be the targets downfield. It will be the gadget plays. Uh, Debo Shanahan's loved to do been doing that since last year. Debo, I believe had the most yards after contact of any receiver uh, in a game this season last week, coming off an injury uh, just so physical. And Iuke is impressed more, even downfield. It'd be great if Jimmy G does return. I mean, it really, he's looked better and better. The more Mullins has played. Um, Mm. And that's still a possibility. Um, But uh, yeah, I think Samuel and Iuke be amazing if they're both actually healthy and playing uh, in a game together. Uh, They, will take away some targets from each other but both definitely be uh at least flex options moving forward for sure especially if Moster suffers another injury and that backfield becomes a problem
0: yeah samuel has an air yards per target of 3.1 um that's crazy low and uh Ayuk is up there at 10.1 which is uh the highest on the team of anybody with more than 20 targets so i think he can be a pretty good downfield receiver samuel can be that layup guy these two players should crush it the rest of the year. Last one, more random. Will Fuller suspended man, um he's gone. Brandon Cooks I think is in is in a great position to keep crushing it with Deshaun Watson, but what about the rest of that depth chart because t- tough break, tough timing there. They they cut Kenny Stills, maybe they re-sign him now that he's cleared waivers, um but what about a guy like Kiki Qute, right? Like he was, a. we talked about him going into the Thanksgiving game this past week uh, because Randall Cobb is out for a few weeks. He might be someone that, you know, just piles up production because there's not much else there. They've also, in previous iterations of his time in the starting lineup, they had a pretty clear like layup, almost Debo Samuel type of role kind of carved out for him.
1: Yeah, I think Kiki needs to be added in all competitive leagues uh, with Randall Cobb on IR, no Fuller, just crazy year, man. He stays healthy and then suddenly suspended out of nowhere. Uh, Brandon Cooks is an easy top 15, top 10 borderline fantasy wide receiver moving forward. The team cannot run the ball. They have a horrible defense and an absolute superstar quarterback. I mean, it's a very good setup if you're a receiver there. So, yeah, you got to love Cooks' outlook. You're picking up Kiki, especially PPR leagues, and um, you're very, very frustrated uh, if you had Will Fuller,
0: yeah, it sucks, man. Um, you mentioned that they can't run the ball. I'm putting a, a note in my in my weekly uh, stats column. They have the biggest gap of any team between their pass defense DVOA or pass offense DVOA and their rush offense DVOA, a 27 point gap. They're fifth in passing, dead last, 32nd in rushing. They can't run the ball. Um, and last thing on on these Texans, you mentioned Will Fuller suspended. Having a career year, Bradley Roby also sneaky having a career year, also suspended. Do you know Dalton Deldon, who the uh, strength and conditioning coach is for the Houston Texans?
1: No, who who is it? Brian
0: Cushing, uh,
1: and all these the the, the Brian Cushing the the, guy
0: the the Brian Cushing. um, By the way, if you are not familiar with brian cushing um he's the assistant strength and conditioning coach for the houston texans played in the nfl um suspended quite a lot for peds so i, don't know. I didn't
1: know that yeah <laughs> no i remember him for sure back at usc even yeah oh that's wow bradley Roby's one of the obviously what but one of the few good defensive players on that team too so that's going to be a problem wow that's funny i didn't know the cushing ties there
0: we wanted to thank once again our sponsor for this episode planters When you want to satisfy a salty craving, Planters has you covered. Their deluxe mixed nuts are roasted to perfection and seasoned with sea salt, giving you the crunchy texture and enhanced flavor you crave. Stay satisfied with Planters' deluxe mixed nuts. So we talked about Kenyon Drake just a little bit ago. Um, It was fun to remember when the Arizona Cardinals offense was fun to end last year. It was kind of fun to think about when they were fun uh, here in 2020 of late. It's not been so. I love that uh, our producer, Raghu, I'm just going to say this on the podcast. I love that he has – have teams figured out trademark because I love that. I love when people just throw that around like, oh, teams have figured out Kyler Murray. Teams have figured out <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Uh, but no one – like they say that without explaining what the hell that means. So I'm going to assume that that was the joke Raghu was making and I'm going to give him props uh, as the producer of the show for that joke even if that's what he meant. Just take the compliment and run with <laughs> it. But – Let's actually talk about the Cardinals offense here, um, Dalton. Hit 40, he has 46 yards rushing combined in his last two games. Uh, he's cleared that number in seven individual games this year. Um, I think this stretch has, has shown that his rushing is a big part of the uh, of the offensive equation. And when he's not healthy, which he's not healthy right now, this whole thing can kind of fall apart. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think he was due to regress a little. I know it's easy to say that, but, I mean, he wasn't going to run for 20 touchdowns. I mean, it's just very difficult to do, especially QB his size. Um, And now, unfortunately, he faces one of the league's best defenses, a Rams defense that's allowed the fewest yards per play this season. So it's not exactly a get-right matchup either.
0: Yeah, his passer rating last week, too, 67, was his lowest mark of any game this year. And, like I said, I think it's almost kind of ironic because, you know, I think I said this on the Sunday show, too, like, Kyler Murray, you know, he's playing against Cam Newton last week, the guy who trademarked the Superman um celebration. I think this past couple of weeks has shown that the Cardinals offense needs Kyler Murray to be Superman. Um, because it it when he's not this transformative figure. I mean, again, he had negative one yards rushing in the first half. Like that's a big problem when when your quarterback can't run at all your whole the whole system falls apart it almost makes me wonder like wh- what if cliff kingsbury had come to the cardinals and they never got Kyler Murray like would they be would they still be one of the worst teams in the NFL because I feel like he's been exposed as a little bit too conservative uh too safe as a game manager the last few weeks too this is I don't know I've got bad vibes of the Cardinals offense right now.
1: isn't isn't Bill Belichick out of control against quarterbacks under 24 years old or whatever though in his career I mean maybe there's something to that one game or whatever I mean he's historically just dominant against these young QBs maybe there's something to that
0: I think that I think that could be part of it. I might be giving too much. I might be freaking out too much in a game. But the thing is like I, I guess that can definitely be true, but this, like I said, this Patriots defense has been mostly bad.
1: The, really bad. Like, oh, yeah. Joe Flacco lit him up, in Seattle the week before, you know, the historically, maybe they've just improved the last two games, but the week before against a really bad Seattle defense, Murray just got 6.4 YPA and ran for mm-hmm. only 15 yards, so so yeah, no, then a home game against uh, Buffalo the week before, he didn't exactly light it up, so, so yeah, this has been a stretch here where he's really, you know, no longer in the MVP conversation.
0: Right. And you mentioned they get the Rams this week. In week 14, they get the Giants. The Giants are, you know, kind of an average defense. They're better, I think, than most people expect them to be. That'll be another good wide receiver cornerback matchup to watch uh, Hopkins on James Bradbury there. The Eagles, week 15, Eagles are a defense that doesn't really move the needle for me. The Niners, though, in week 16, we know they're still a defense that you need to respect um and they're only getting healthier and week 17 they face the Rams again. So not exactly like a great schedule here for the Cardinals. Um I think that Kyler Murray when he's right, when he's healthy is like a matchups don't matter type of player. Like he can dunk on basically any defense. Like a 100 a 100% Kyler Murray could go out against the Rams and make things work, I think. I think he's that good of a player. But again, was on the injury report last week, was kind of testing the shoulder before games uh, last week. That, I think, is the biggest problem that they're facing right now. So that could change at any point when he gets healthy. But, you know, we're late into the season. Will he get healthy at any point?
1: I I don't know. A very important game should be a fun one this weekend. And maybe he clearly is just that right throwing shoulder is just more hurt than uh, is being – led on to the media but Kenyon Drake really quickly. You got to love nine red zone carries last week, <laughs> seven carries inside the 10, five inside the five. I mean, the touchdowns, I thought he's going to be a, a good PPR guy this year. The targets have just disappeared, but the touchdowns are starting to come. So maybe he ultimately can uh, help fantasy managers down the stretch.
0: Yeah, it's funny when you get the play, like the player that you uh, tout, is is doing well but it's like in the exact opposite role that you would think (laughs) like that that's what Kenyon drake has been this year i ranked him really high i know you ranked him really high coming into this year and it's like yeah for the most part like the touchdowns have been saving him i would have thought that like the receptions if it it would be saving him but it just hasn't been that way it's been a very weird year for Kenyon drake uh but like you said you do you gotta like the bottom line last thing here for things that we don't like to see uh the seahawks slide man um Overall, like the let Russ cook movement is dead. We can just, we can, we can stick a fork in it. It's dead. Overall, they've passed on 56.3% of their offensive plays over the last three weeks on early downs. When the game is within three points, they've, they've thrown the ball in 46% of their early downs that ranks 20th in the league Uh, in weeks. One to four, they were 63% pass rate on early downs when the game was within three points, that was first. So they've gone from first to 20th in like passing aggressiveness. Um, Yikes. You hate, you hate to see it.
1: Yeah, you do hate to see it, uh, and you even hear Pete Carroll talking about getting back to the team's defensive roots. And oh, as noted, they Pete, are playing please. a little bit better. But yeah, no, it's 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 not great to see. Weird that Carlos Hyde got all the mo- so many more carries than Carson. But hopefully, that was just you know one game blip and his first game back. But um, DK Metcalf remains a monster, just dominating Darius Slayton. But um, sorry, Darius Slay. Surprised I haven't. Uh, of course, <laughs> I, I, I confused those two. Um, but yeah, it's not ideal. You loved when, when when they were letting Russ cook, and now he's. Uh, Back to the old ways, and he's, uh, his ceiling is uh, lowered a little bit, for sure.
0: Yeah, his ceiling is definitely lowered a little bit. Um, you know, you're playing Russ every, every week as a QB1. Although, uh, I think no I doubt. saw J.J. Zacharyson point this out uh, on Twitter since week six. And he noted, this is an arbitrary cutoff, but whatever. Since week six, he and Kirk Cousins are, like, identical. In terms of uh, fantasy points, now that obviously goes to show that Kirk Cousins is playing well, but they're right around that twenty line. Like these, these two players are pretty close. Like Russ is not, you know, an every week smash play at this point. Metcalf, he, you're not really changing your outlook for him. He's a monster. Um, Russ is clearly going to him the most. He's clearly going to him the most downfield. This is problematic for Tyler Lockett, who's been mostly mostly like just whatever of late. You know, last night it was really a killer. I could have used a bigger performance. Not, not, to, not to talk about me here, but let's talk about me here. I could have used a bigger performance out of Tyler Lockett last night. Didn't get it. Um, the week before that he was okay, more of a floor game. Um, and, you know, he, he had a touchdown against the, the Cardinals. But this is going to make Lockett, because they're not throwing the ball as much, much more boomer bust than we normally would have thought. And I think that's been the biggest problem for Lockett's fantasy uh, worth of late.
1: Yeah, I know he's more of an uh, yeah wide receiver two now than I was. You know, top ten earlier in the year, and and Metcalf has just separated himself as the team's alpha f- for sure. That 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 is definitely uh, an issue, especially if Wilson's uh, pass attempts are going to be curtailed now.
0: You can't bench him though, right? Like you you no, can't bench no, you can't bench no. Tyler Lockett because like if you you know you know you've literally seen the ceiling, like you know how high <laughs> it is. It's higher than basically anybody else in the league. So like. You've got to just adjust the rest of your line. I always say you can't lose uh, your fantasy matchup on one player alone. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. you got to keep playing them and and just hope that those ceiling games come uh, more than the floor games. It is what it is.
1: As a Niners fan, I'm fine with Seahawks not letting Russ Cook though, let me tell you. I mean, Carroll do your thing. I mean, I saw like were they not winning games with uh, before? Like I don't really get it, but whatever. I mean, those I defensive coaches are going to are going to do defensive things, I guess, but um it's it's definitely annoying because we saw what could happen when he's unleashed. I have no like
0: I have no idea what goes into a guy like Pete Carroll's thought process when it's like everything has to keep going exactly right. It's sort of like I don't, well, I, I guess this doesn't make sense as an analogy, but I sort of thought with like Doug Peterson last night on, on, uh, with the whole Jalen Hurts thing, like he was going to need Carson Wentz to completely pee his pants and the Seahawks to also like put up three touchdowns. Like he'd have to be down, I think, 24 to nothing, you know, something like that before he considered like, Really turning it over to Jalen Hurts, and I feel like with Pete Carroll, they were literally going to have to go like sixteen and zero, winning as a pass first team every single week. The second thing started to slow down. He's like, "All right, that's it, that's a wrap." Like if, if, if the, yeah, the the margin for error for Pete to continue to be pass first and aggressive as a, as an overall team philosophy was so thin. So like they they punch over that margin just a little bit. Russ has some bad games, has some turnovers against the Cardinals and I believe the L.A. Rams uh, and the Bills. And here we are. We're right back to conservative Seahawks football. Uh, you, you don't love to see it. That is definitely a good place to end for our hate-to-see-it trends. Let's wrap up with our last segment here. Uh, it's Who Got Shelled, presented by our friends at Planters every Wednesday Dalton and I are going to take a look at a defense or defensive player who got absolutely <laughs> shelled last week. Then we'll dive into the data and point out the defensive matchups you might want to take advantage of on Sunday. For who got shelled last week, man, I think we got to start with the the Kansas City – I mean, excuse me, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, what's what's the deal with that? Because we I, – I know I thought like in the first half of the season the Bucks were one of – the very few like actually good defenses in the NFL, Tyreek Hill puts up like a historic first quarter against them. Is that just a product of, Hey, the chiefs are just better than everybody else. Is there, or is there something to take away from it from a bucks defensive perspective here?
1: They have been regressing a little bit. The last few games, especially against the past. they're pretty good. Uh, not the worst uh, matchup for opposing fantasy QBs because they're so tough to run against. And even Daniel Jones missed some big plays when they faced the Giants on, on that Monday night game. Uh, I, I liked this setup here. I stacked Mahomes, but I did it with Kelsey and not Tyreek <laughs> Pill. Very, very frustrating yeah. uh, there. But um, yeah, it was highly impressive. I think the Chiefs could do that against any defense. But I think it is clear that Tampa Bay is taking a step back, especially against the pass for sure.
0: Yes, I agree, and, like, I think they're very committed to doing their thing, which is playing some man coverage and blitzing, but, like, no, no. these cornerbacks specifically, like, Carlton Davis has had a good year. But I feel leaving like him on got, an
1: island out there, yeah, man, no not, safety not up, up over the want. top. Against, not, I mean, not what you no. want to do. Not against no.
0: Tyree Kill. Can't do it that way. Um, yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable, like... It's always worth, like, taking a moment to talk about Patrick Mahomes and, like, Tyreek Hill. And, like, that's a special connection that we're just never – we're never going to see something like that again. It's just – it's unbelievable how easy – like, that's the thing. They made it look easy shelling the Bucs last week. That's crazy. Uh, The Bucs get the Vikings, the Falcons – or they're on a buy this week. N- nice late season buy here for the Bucs and Panthers. They get the Vikings, the Falcons – the Lions and the Falcons again uh, to finish. So not uh, other than other than MVP stud Kirk Cousins, we've been talking about all show. Not exactly the toughest slate of pass defense or passing offenses there because the Falcons are a little hit or miss depending on their health. Um, Dalton, who do you expect to get shelled this week?
1: Uh, maybe that just because I just watched them, but I'm going to say the Eagles' defense. Is gonna I was going to say that
0: I was going to say that, the Eagles too. We're on the same that's, page. That's really
1: funny because yeah, their defense isn't that bad, but man, Aaron Rodgers is kept so protected so well. Zero hits. Last week. Uh Darius Slay got uh, abused by DK Metcalf. Well it'll be Devontae Adams' turn this week. Carson Wentz will turn the ball over. The field position will help out. Uh this Packers offense is just rolling right now with that pass protection. So I expect Phillies D to get to get shelled. Sorry, Harmon. I like to run the same wavelength here though.
0: Yeah, we are on we are absolutely on the same wavelength. Uh Aaron Rodgers leads the NFL with 33 touchdowns right now. He wow. had four against the Bears last week. Um, everything is like coming together for the Packers. And it's also worth talking about this. We're on the same page here. Cause I feel like the entire NFL community, not the entire, but a, a majority of like the analytics based community, um, the fantasy community, like Rogers was on like every, almost every like QB avoid, like do not draft list, like just oh, based on name value yeah. alone. Like we all need, we all deserve to take like a little mea culpa here. Cause Rodgers is literally playing at the height of his powers. And it's like, this offense has finally caught to the point like where they have all of the layups in there like all of the layups that Rodgers usually wasn't getting and then he can still make like otherworldly plays like i talked about you know Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek is a special connection i mean Adams to Rodgers is as money as any connection uh, in the NFL i think Adams is playing like the best receiver in football right now and Rodgers is playing like the best quarterback in football so i think those two guys alone could absolutely shell the eagles but then You've got Rob Tun- Bob Tunyon making plays at tight end. You've got Alan Lazard healthy and back scoring touchdowns as the wide receiver, too. So things are all coming together for this Packers offense. Um, I expect them to absolutely crush uh, the Eagles, I- and we'll see if they can keep it close by just running on them on the other side.
1: I was one of those people burying uh, Aaron Rodgers before the season. What an impressive year, man! Devontae Adams has missed a couple games. MVS is doing MVS things. They wasted their first two round picks. Imagine if they drafted uh, a, one of these awesome yeah. rookie receivers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, playing Higgins, something just fantastic. like that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, that would um, that would be nice. I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the spread of this game right now. Uh, the Packers are nine point favorites at home. Against the Eagles, I, I, I'm honestly like I way wouldn't be surprised. Wood. I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, if they if they win by more than that. I would not be surprised. I would take. I might still take uh, Green Bay there. Anyways, so that's who got shelled. I hope we don't get shelled by making those picks. I tend to doubt it because we're betting on Aaron Rodgers. The I I think Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the league. Um, if you're just not gonna take Patrick Holmes out of sheer boredom, by the way. Once again. <laughs> We want to give a shout-out to Planters for that segment. Stay satisfied with Planters. All right, Dalton, that's it. That's our midweek show. Always fun. Uh, Plug your stuff, man. What do you got coming
1: up? I got a uh, podcast with Scott Pianowski talking the Week 13 lines and then my sit-start column Friday.
0: Hell yeah, man. Podcasts. We've got a lot of podcasts here at yahoo sports check out the yahoo sports nfl podcast with charles robinson and therese paler and the yahoo sports college podcast with dan wetzel pete damel and our friend pat 40 from si follow us on twitter at yahoo fantasy i'm at matt Harmon underscore byb that's at dalton del don tomorrow dalton's gonna be back like you said to preview week 13's betting lines week 13 only four like real fantasy sundays left man we are almost there let's go win some championships but until then we're out